This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Webber. Dub themies. I almost said the one and only. I think it's the The, the one name. and only. Um, well, because that's Brandon's thing yeah. on the Prior Time Podcast. The I one almost and only, messed the that Mark up, Weber. But I didn't. The Mark Webber across the table with me. It's great to be back here on the Onside Kick, nonstop football, NFL news here on Most Valuable Podcast. Had my week siesta. I am now back, ready to talk football with you, Mark. Thanks to Dave for filling in. I was really excited about last week's show, too, after yeah. I sent you the topics a, a day fun early one. as well. Yeah, it was a good show. Uh, it's always fun to talk about the fall <laughs> of a quarterback. Of two quarterbacks, basically. Yeah. Because yeah. Dave was like, we mentioned it in the Jaguars one. Yeah, that's very true. And uh, Blake Bortles is gone. Uh, he will probably show up again because Cody Kessler is not much better. Also, people got mighty upset with how you say Jaguars because you say Jaguars. That's the way it should be. Like the comment, it is mm-hmm. humorous to me how the comment section is all learn to pronounce it right. To which I say, I really don't care how to pronounce your mm-hmm. team name. You can pronounce Bears as any way you want, the and beers, I'm not going to be upset about it. The Chicago Beers. Yeah. Go ahead. This is the onside kick. We're talking NFL today. We're looking at the Bears, of course, or the Beers, as you want to yep. call them. We're looking at the Texans or the Tejasans, if you want to pronounce their name wrong. And then we're going to look at the NFL draft, kind of doing our first comparison of the year, looking at two of the guys that will most likely go number one and number two, Nick Bosa, Ed Oliver, kind of looking at them side by side to see maybe which one should be the number one overall pick in this upcoming draft that seems far away, but it'll be here before we know it. Before we get into everything, though, a little bit of housekeeping here at the beginning. Make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most podcast. If you want to help support the channel, we can't do what we want to do without the support of our patrons. So we want to thank them each and every week because they make this machine run. Also, you can go get yourself an MVP t-shirt that is down below in the description, you can get it at the store or on mostvaluablepodcasts.com where you can catch MVP each and every day. And then last but not least, make sure to go to iTunes, rate and review the show on iTunes. It would really mean the world to us. Let everyone know why the Onside Kick is a great NFL podcast on iTunes. But Mark, we're going to dive in to the first topic, your team Da Bersh, and I was watching that game mm. on Thanksgiving. Oh, it's a great game. I came in a little late because I was driving to family's house um, mm. when it started. What were your immediate thoughts during that game? Because early on, it seemed like you were upset mm-hmm. following the Sunday night yeah. game into the Thursday game. Because early on, you could just feel like the Bears were feeling lazy. Mm-hmm. Like they were tired. Like they didn't want to be they there. Didn't, exactly. They didn't want to be there. It was like, oh, do we really have to do this right now? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, can can somebody else play for me instead? Like, It was looking rough at, at the beginning. And and I was going and, and getting ready for, for Thanksgiving, doing some cleaning, some cooking in the process of this. Uh, but I was able to chime in and check in every now and then and sit around, watch a little bit, get updates on it. Um, as I was cooking and cleaning, and it was just turned into a surprisingly good game. Mm-hmm. Chase Daniel did exactly what he needs to do, be more than serviceable. Uh, you got this team here that is just so dominant defensively. 
and you can just see the struggles. Uh, and, and I apologize to Lions fans for what I'm about to say. They're going to be mad, but this you isn't gonna, a dig at the Lions. You're going to disrespect them? No, it's not a dig at the Lions. It's just to see this defense feast upon a lesser team. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this is not a knock on the Lions. They have offensive coordinator issues. They have no wide receivers to throw the ball to. There's a lot of things that are going against the Lions, and that's just roster issues and coaching issues. Mm-hmm. Um so to see the the Bears take advantage of that and win the games they're supposed to win, um, that's good. Even despite some tiredness, despite some injury issues, a team that practiced one day essentially and came into play. And the Thursday win was huge for the Bears because mm-hmm. kind of setting the table a little bit. They are now let's see, I got the standings up here: eight and three. Vikings are six, four, and one. So basically, you're still. A game and a half ahead of yeah. my Vikings. That for tie the is rough for the Vikings. division. Well, you know it, it's rough, but I mean it's if rough we, if they would have won. It's better if they would have lost. Obviously. If we would have lost, we would have been tied with the Redskins, Seahawks, and Panthers. And I yeah. don't want to deal with those tiebreakers. I want to be mm-hmm. in the playoffs right now as the fifth seed. But what we're looking at with the Bears is they're eight and three now. They've got what will it be? Is there? If my math is correct. Five more games left? Yep, five, five games. more games to the season. Both teams have three away games. If they win out, they're 13-3. and three. They're still two games behind the Rams, who they will play, the Saints, who they don't. And the overarching question that I want to answer is, Are the is this Bears team a legit Super Bowl contender in the NFC? Like, coming into the year, we were a little bit, like, before Khalil Mack, I was like, this is going to be a bear season where you're going to have a lot of close games. You're going to lose those games. Like that first week against the Packers, mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be your season throughout. And I was like, they're going to be 6-10, and 10, but you're going to be like, oh, we could have won this game, could have won that game, and could have been a 10-6 and six team. Then Khalil Mack comes along. It's like, okay, this team could be 8-8 eight and eight this season. And now we sit here, they're 8-3, and three, looking to smash that prediction out of the water. What do you think? Is this team a legit contender? Can I know we'll get the answer to the Rams one two weeks from now, but could this team in the playoffs seriously contend with the Rams and the Saints? It's tough, and, and I, I still say that before Khalil Mack, I was saying this team is could maybe squeeze their way into the playoffs, but they're just barely out. Khalil mm-hmm. Mack pushed them in, but not in my eyes, as the division winner. Um, and, and I had, I still thought the Vikings were going to be the better team, despite the fact that I said that their offensive line was going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I still thought they could pull through. The Vikings are not a bad team. They're 6-4-1. and one. They're in the playoff hunt. If it ended today, they're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're still doing well. Uh, for the Chicago Bears part, it's tough for me because obviously anybody that gets in the playoffs can win. I mean, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles won with a backup quarterback. They won the mm-hmm. Super Bowl last year. The 9-7 and seven Giants have won the Super Bowl twice. 9-7 mm-hmm. and seven Packers have won the Super Bowl. You can win by just barely getting in. That mm-hmm. can happen. The Chicago Bears, as it stands right now, are not just barely getting in. No, they're in. Yeah, they're, they're in there. Um, Anything can happen. They can lose out the rest of this season and become 8-8. Eight and eight. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, they are in the playoffs. And I look at these teams, and I look at who they got to face. 
The Bears can beat the Redskins. The Bears can beat the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to find out if the Bears can beat the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. We'll find that out in Week 17. Uh, well, maybe not. I mean, the Bears, if they don't need to play, they might not play. We'll see what Nagy, mm-hmm. what his philosophy is on that. We're going to see them play the Rams. But when I look at these two teams, earlier this season, a few weeks ago, after watching the the Saints just destroy yet another team, mm-hmm. uh, I was saying that I am very glad that the Bears are not ready to compete for the Super Bowl just yet. They're just outside because this Saints team is too good. Mm-hmm. The Rams... I actually think that the Chicago Bears could compete against the Rams. I don't necessarily think they will win, but I think that they will keep it within a possession with the Rams. Maybe not like a one-point loss, but they can keep it to like a four, five, six-point loss. Mm -hmm. The Saints, I just don't think that the Bears can do it is really what it comes down to to me. I just can't imagine... um, that the Chicago Bears are going to go up toe-to-toe against Drew Brees and the Saints. And and I could be proven wrong. You know, I mean, the Saints have been on this absolute tear. The only game they lost so far is against the Buccaneers, and they gave up 48 points. Um, so it's certainly possible that they can give up points. But I look at a team that's scoring 37 points a game and whose defense is not amazing, but the thing about the defense is they're a little under uh, underappreciated because, of course, they're going to give up a lot of yards. Of course, mm-hmm. they're going to give up a lot of points. They're playing teams that need to throw the ball nonstop. And that's the thing where, with me personally right now, I, I'm i not saying that. I know what people are going to say. Ricky, you're a Vikings fan. You're not going to give the Bears credit. The thing that keeps the Bears in this conversation, the one with mm-hmm. the Rams and the Saints, is that with Matt Nagy's offense, the Bears can score points. For sure. The, out of the three losses the Bears have, the first one pushed to the side because it was week one. It was Trubisky and Nagy's first real game. Khalil Tra- Mack not really there yet. He wasn't really there Roquan yet. Smith I mean, not really there yet. With Trubisky, correct me if I'm wrong, in mm. the preseason kind of had like kid gloves a little bit, didn't really Basically grasp. didn't play. Yeah, didn't grasp the full offense. I mean, he never like really he played. has now. Yeah, and you look at the other two losses: Miami, Brock the Cock, and Albert Wilson outdueled you. Mm-hmm. They outdueled you offensively. Like without and that to, 70, 90 yard yeah. whatever run or catch it was, the Dolphins aren't winning that game. Like, and just dumb mistakes, mm-hmm. and and that was one of those where a team kind of almost. Let's themselves lose. And then the same thing with the Patriots, where you're in that game, you're yeah. leading, that Van Noy block punt touchdown kind mm-hmm. of flips it over. James White gets a touchdown after that, and it's pretty much a Patriot game at yeah. that point, where the two offenses at that point, I know one special teams for the Patriots play, kind of seals your fate. Every other game, except for maybe the Arizona game, the offense for the Bears has shown up. However, I look at it, and I look at this Rams team. The only team to beat the Rams is the Saints. Yep. And the Saints had to score 45 points to do so. And the only time the Bears have scored over 40 points— Well, technically they only needed to score 36. True. But, I mean, they like for the Rams' defense, you could say whatever you want about them Mm because, oh, the offense is better than the defense— when you look at the scores for other opponents, 
there's only one team to crack 40 against the Rams, and that was the new R2. The Chiefs did as well. Um, so two teams to crack over 40. One was a win, one was a loss. The Chiefs and the Saints. I don't know if the Bears' offense is in that kind of a level yet, and I kind of think they do. Because, well, you look at a game like the Broncos. Mm-hmm. They were only able to score 23 points on the Broncos. Mm-hmm. I think the Bears are a better defense than the Broncos. However, I'm going to throw this out at you, and I'm mm-hmm. only throwing it out because my team's defense is no slouch either. If that game is in L.A., I could see a very similar game to what mm-hmm. we saw when the Vikings played the Rams. Possible. Well, I know we didn't have Everson Griffin at that time. Um, he was dealing with the off-the-field issues mm-hmm. that he had at that point. We've been a different defense since he's come back. But if this game is in, like, and that's another thing where this could hurt the Bears. If the games are in New Orleans or in L.A., I don't think they beat those two teams. Mm-hmm. I think the Bears this year, home field advantage is going to be crucial for them. And I just don't see the Saints or the Rams giving up a spot to the Bears, but I could be wrong. The Bears could beat the Rams in two weeks and then take home field advantage yeah. away from the Rams. It's possible. I mean, both the Rams and, at Chicago. Both the Rams and the Saints, I think, are a level above where the Bears are at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I specifically mentioned the Saints because I do think that the Bears can fare up a little bit better at stopping the Rams not necessarily stopping. You're not going to mm-hmm. stop the Rams' offense. Slow them down. Yeah, slow them down to it's, where the Bears can catch up. It's the old Adrian Peterson uh, mantra of you can't stop them, you can only hope to contain them. Exactly. And and part of the thing when I look at the Saints is the Saints were so close last year. Mm-hmm. It just kind of feels a little bit of they are doing absolutely everything they have to do to win this year because last year they feel like they should have won. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, look at that game against the Eagles. Yeah. I said it, what, two weeks ago? That was, or no, last week. That was a game of the Saints saying, we would have beaten you if we had the chance. Mm-hmm. We would have been in the Super Bowl. And we know we can do better miracle. than the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. We would have beat the Patriots. That's what they're saying. That's what the mm-hmm. Saints are saying. They're on this tear. The Rams, phenomenal team. No doubt about it. If one of these teams, I think, is more susceptible to the underdog beating them, I think it's the Rams than it is the Saints. Mm-hmm. I just I sit here and I watch these Saints play. I watch Drew Brees have an MVP season right now, and I don't see anything getting in the Saints' way. Any given Sunday, we can totally be surprised, but I just look at teams. The Bears, obviously, to me, are the third best team in the NFC. That is correct. Mm-hmm. It's not something I think is wrong. You look at that talent level drop mm-hmm. when you go from the Bears, I'm sorry, Cowboys fans, to the Cowboys, to the Redskins who have an injured quarterback. Mm-hmm. That just drop in talent. The team who I think stands a good chance that's going to bounce back, the Panthers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're sitting there at eight. That's the team a Redskins sh- should be scared about. That's the team that probably the Dallas Cowboys should be a little bit more scared about because mm-hmm. I think that the Minnesota Vikings are going to win more well, games and they'll lose. And let me put it this way. This mm-hmm. is what's going through my mind. If you held a gun to my head mm-hmm. and was like, is anyone going to upset the Rams or the Saints? I would say no. Yeah. Like no one does. My NFC championship game this year, mm-hmm. I'm expecting Saints-Rams right now totally. in New Orleans. 100%. But the thing that I look at, and 
I can say this for my team. I can mm-hmm. say this for your team. The most crucial thing that is going to keep our teams with a little skin in the game is our defenses. Yeah. If this Bears defense can come up with a key play, can slow down that Rams team or slow down that Saints team. Well, if you team, don't give the quarterback time to throw. Exactly. And mm-hmm. the reason why I say that is what I said for the Rams, you know, like, oh, the only team to beat them scored yeah. over 40. The only loss that the Saints had, you know, when Ryan Fitzpatrick scored and put 48 on the Saints in week one. Like, yeah. that's the only time, like, the rest of the scores against them, Cleveland only put 18. I know that was one they should have won. Their kicker should have made some kicks. You've got 37 Atlanta, 18 Giants, 19, 23, 20, 35, which was the Rams, and then 14, 7, and 17. Like, mm-hmm. these teams, lately the defense for the Saints has been stepping it up too, which is kind of counteracted it a little bit, but, yeah. like, you're not going to beat the Rams or the Saints. Mm-hmm. Like, I look at it, unless your defense really slows them down, you're not beating either one of those you teams really unless you put up a 40 spot. Cleo Mack, Eddie Jackson to have... The games of their lives. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you need you need Khalil to get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You need Akeem Hicks to get to the quarterback. You need Eddie Jackson to have a pick six. You know, you need everything to go right mm-hmm. just to stop these teams. And, you know, the Bears... They did well against Tom Brady, so it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's just I look at these teams, and I don't see the Bears being at that level yet. I would love it. I would love for the Bears to to beat the Saints or the Rams and get in there. But, you know, fortunately for the Bears, if the playoffs were right now, they'd play the Redskins. They'd probably move on from the Redskins without much trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, end up having to play probably the Rams mm-hmm. in that case. Um which I still I said it before I think that's the better matchup for the Chicago Bears. It certainly will be the one that ESPN's going to love because they can talk about Nagy and McVeigh, the comparison everybody made in the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, they would love to have that, but you know when it comes to the NFC, you still have two really strong powerhouses, and then you got the Bears that are just a step behind. The Vikings, who are like a step and a half behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you well, know. The thing about the Vikings, too, and we saw it in the Sunday night game, mm-hmm. is the defense for them is also going to be crucial because they're stepping up at the right. The defense is stepping up at the right time for the um, Minnesota Vikings. And the thing yeah. that I'm looking at right now that's very interesting is like if you look at the remaining games. For both, for all four teams, like I have the Saints, Rams, Vikings, and Bears, starting with the two divisional opponents, the Bears, they've got the Giants, the Rams, the Packers, the 49ers, and then the Vikings. Really, let me be honest, you should win like the Green Bay one. All right, toss it up because it's a rivalry game, but let's be honest what Green Bay is right now. Revenge at home. Exactly. You should win three. You should beat the Giants, beat the 49ers, beat the Packers. Vikings and Rams are toss-up games. Then you look at Minnesota, kind of in a similar boat. You got to get through the Patriots on the road. That's going to be tough. You got to get through Seattle on the road. That's going to be tough. They're playing better football at this stretch. And it really helps the Seahawks if they beat the Vikings. To get into the playoffs. Exactly. The remaining schedule before the Bears, Miami, could we get upset? Yeah, but we'd be favored in that game. Could the Lions upset us? Yes, but I think we'd be favored 
in that game. And then we have the Chicago Bears. That Bears-Rams game, though, how crucial that is, the Rams have Detroit. The Lions don't have a chance in my mind. After they play the Bears, the Eagles, Rams are winning that game. Cardinals, Rams are winning that game. 49ers, Rams are winning that game. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to look at it and go, and I'm not saying you, Mm -hmm. I'm saying them. Oh, well, the 49ers and the Cardinals, no. The, The combined 10 points between the two of them. And the Cardinals got shut out in week two. The one in there that could be a surprise is the, the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. But I, I still Carson think— Carson Wentz is playing well. I still think if the Rams are losing a game, it'll mm-hmm. be the Bears. And that's why I feel like that's going to be crucial. And then the Saints are in the same boat. You've got Dallas this week will be tough. The Buccaneers are not what they were week one. They're dysfunctional at this point. The Carolina Panthers, yeah, you have to play them twice. One of those could be a loss. And then you've got the Steelers. So really— Two games that could be important. Yeah, the Bears could mm-hmm. technically be the one seed, depending how things play out. But I think that Week 17, my point in all this, is although I think the Saints and Rams will finish 1-2, I think because of how everything will play out, especially if the Bears beat the Rams, the Bears-Vikings game Week 17, it's going to mean a lot for either a first-round buy, maybe a divisional um, appearance for the winner of the Vikings Bears. I think that's our Sunday night football game to end the year. Is Viking or Bears at Vikings? The only reason I disagree is I don't think it's actually going to really matter because you think everything's going to be set in stone and I Bears might not beat the Rams, so that won't matter. And everything yeah, I, like I that. don't see either the Saints or Rams losing more than one game. Mm-hmm. Now the Saints they got to play the Panthers twice, and the Panthers are going to be trying to get in the playoffs, so that mm-hmm. actually does have potential for the. Saints to maybe lose two. Yeah. But I also think that the Bears are probably going to lose two of these last five games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, well, at least one of them. They'll at least lose to the Rams in my eyes. I don't know if they'll lose to the Vikings or not. But I think that the Vikings are probably going to lose to the Patriots and, and the Seahawks. So I just or don't. one of them, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, I just don't see, because of the .5. Uh, that's going to matter. I see the Vikings probably finishing .5 games behind the Bears, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. You know, Saints, Rams, they're going to be 1-2 and two mm-hmm. in whichever order. doesn't matter. The interesting things in the NFC is going to be the wild card because I don't think anybody expects the Washington Redskins to still be there mm-hmm. pretty soon. Panthers and Seahawks are both fighting their way up, uh, and... One of these teams is hoping that the Dallas Cowboys kind of lose steam. Mm-hmm. Um and we'll see what happens with that. So, any final thoughts before we wrap this up and kind of move over into the AFC? Um, the only extra thing I'll say about this one is just to the Bears fans of let, let's be calm a little bit. Let's not become the ja- let's not become Jaguar fans. Uh, <laughs> Jaguar fans. Since they're since they uh, are mad at me Jag- anyways, Jaguars. I can go ahead and say this. Let's not be Jaguar fans and uh, really get get hot and cocky. And then have our team fall apart next so year. So what you're saying is next year I should mm-hmm. pick the Bears to win the Super Bowl. You could if you wanted to. I mean, things and completely look, decimate the Bears. People season. were excited Mark Tressman's first year. I'm just saying <laughs> that. No, this is nothing like that. But I mean, mm-hmm. still, let's not be assholes. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. Are the Bears a legit Super Bowl 
threat, a legit Super Bowl contender in the NFC? Can they compete with the Rams, compete with the Saints? Let us know what you guys think in that comment section. But, Mark, let's move on into the AFC. And I'm going to be completely honest. We are going to have the exact conversation that we just had about the Bears, except, well, pretty much, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to play the last segment we did. Mm-hmm. But every time we say Bears, I'm going to dub over Texans. Yeah. Every time we say Rams, I'm going to dub over Patriots. Mm-hmm. And then every time we say Saints, I'm going to dub over the Chiefs. Chiefs. Every Perfect. time we say Vikings, I'm just going to exclude it because really there's no one in this division that's going to catch the Texans Perfect. in my mind. All right. We'll um, see you guys later. But we're talking about the Texans. They're a team 8-3. and three. They started out 0-3. Now they're on an eight-game win streak. They win last night, Monday Night Football on YouTube. You're like, Ricky, it wasn't last night. We're recording this on Tuesday. What? When it comes to the Texans, can yeah. they win in the AFC? Can they compete with the Patriots and Chiefs? Or is this just kind of like a mirage because they kind of, I don't want to say have had an easy schedule, but they haven't had the hardest schedule. It's it's interesting to me, and I look at it, and when you first ask, can the Houston Texans win the AFC, my mm-hmm. immediate thought is no. I mean, you got the Chiefs and you got the Patriots. It's not even close, which is interesting because the Patriots and the Texans are tied. But that's the thing. Is, and they only lost to the Patriots by a touchdown. Yeah, that's the interesting thing with this is you've got this team where if you're not paying attention, they're a better team than you think. Mm-hmm. In the offseason, there was all this hype, and they lost three games in a row. The next two games, they were only able to win in overtime. Mm-hmm. And in all, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, the first six weeks of the season, Deshaun Watson threw at least one touchdown. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He did, but at least one interception is yeah. what I meant. He threw at least one interception. So things were not looking that great for the hot shot quarterback for the first what six seven games mm-hmm. of last season and now things have kind of turned around a little bit but you look at him and he's looking like an average quarterback all of a sudden one touchdown a game two maybe some interceptions he's only got that one against Miami where he threw for five touchdowns mm-hmm. he's not looking like who he looked like last year is that we have tape to watch now is it just that he came back down to earth is it the injury is it still bugging him a little bit there's question marks there but there's also injuries to other players on this team too and that's the thing of the funny thing i heard today was i was watching highly questionable and amin al hassan who's Uh an nba like office front office insider okay, I, was say, I have no idea i've never heard that name yeah before. Amin al hassan who's an nba guy mm-hmm. he kind of made a comparison back to the nba where he's like the houston texans are kind of like the memphis grizzlies they're usually loaded with injuries but when they're healthy they're pretty good like they're a pretty good team yeah. like the grizzlies right now i believe are like what third in the west right now i mean yes not being a playoff yesterday team well on, on monday injury. just to make it easier for everybody mm-hmm. else on monday uh jj watt and Jadavion Clowney were out there. And mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, these guys are both healthy. I didn't realize that they were both healthy right now. Well, and that's the thing. I think this team, ex- like I said, exact same conversation we just mm-hmm. had in the NFC, it's going to be the defense that is the key to this team because I look at it and I look at their past games this season. Only three of them have been blowouts. The 27 win at Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. 42-23 against Miami, 34-17 against the Titans. 
Everything else, seven-point game against the Patriots, three-point game at Tennessee. You have a, what, if my math is correct, five-point game um, against the Giants, 27-22. Then you have three points against the Colts, three points against the Cowboys, seven points against the Bills, only two points against Denver, and then two points against Washington. This team is, I mean, not to play the devil's advocate thing, but Mm -hmm. it's like, a lot of teams look at it where it's like, oh, man, we are a bounce away from winning those games. They're a bounce away from losing most of their games. Yeah, winning yep. three, but losing, like, most of the other half yep. of their games. Well, the other thing, too, I mean, uh, you look at the schedule and, like, you start to list the teams mm-hmm. that they played and you say, how did the Houston Texans get this schedule? And can yeah. my team have it next year? Well, because they weren't good last year. They were they had a top five pick last year. They did. Well, the Browns but they, had that pick. they've even gotten a little bit of an extra bounce to that, mm-hmm. I would say. Not only are they playing well, bad teams, but Jacksonville Jackson, is bad this we year. We expected Jacksonville to be better though. Well that's what that's a my lot point. Better, yeah. Jacksonville is bad this year. Mm-hmm. Dallas, when they beat Dallas, that's a completely different Dallas team. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Colts. The Colts are now bouncing back, but they've had good fortune so far and we're not going to take anything away from the Houston Texans Mm -hmm. you only play the teams you play yeah you know that their defense has been great exactly I mean especially of late you know you play the teams you play Mm -hmm. you you got to win those games uh but it's interesting to me when I look at this team and it's like you know if they can have Lamar Miller as successful as he was against the Titans he's the nothing he offensively Mm -hmm. to me he's the key because you look at all three blowouts, he's got 100 or more yards. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it should be a John Madden type of moment of like, well, yeah, if your run game is good, your passing mm-hmm. game will be good too. And if your run game is good, your defense is going to be off uh, off the field more often resting. Mm-hmm. They're ready to play when they get back. I mean, it all makes sense, but you're completely right. I mean, it's the thing that a lot of these teams kind of ignore that if you have a good running game, you're going to help out your passing game. But, like, you look at it, and it's like Lamar Miller has been so inconsistent this mm-hmm. year. Started out like 98 yards, then 68 <laughs> yards, then only 10 yards. He averaged a yard a carry against the Giants. Then 49, 46. I know because he was on my fantasy team, and I was like, I can't do this. I need to get rid of him. Then he had two good weeks, 100, 113. Had scores in those games, but then went right back to 21. And I mean... Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Lamar Miller is never going to have a 100-yard game again. Like, the rest of Houston's schedule is not the hardest schedule in the world. It's a very winnable schedule down the stretch. My only concern is his inconsistency and when are we going to see those 100-yard games because we've only seen four this year. Three this year. I'm sorry, three. Almost four because week one he was at 98. Honestly, though, it is interesting because you got these two conferences and, and the two teams, and you got two teams above the Bears and the Texans mm-hmm. who both look fairly unreachable. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the Patriots look more beatable mm-hmm. than the Chiefs, Saints, and Rams. Well, I mean, they're the same record as the Texans, too, mm-hmm. so that certainly helps. Um, but you've got teams with they got good defenses. They've got you know hot young quarterbacks. They've got inconsistent run games, mm-hmm. um, good wide receivers, quarterbacks that scare you a little bit because of how many hits they take in awkward ways. Mm-hmm. It hurt Deshaun Watson last year. Just look at Thanksgiving Day. It hurt Mitch Trubisky for the Bears. 
these teams are very eerily similar mm-hmm. to each other. And both of them sit there in this spot where I'm like, they can maybe upset one of these teams, but probably not. Mm-hmm. Fortunately for either one, there's not really that much behind them uh, that's going to mess with them. The Houston Texans should be in the playoffs. Yeah, I doubt they're going to lose the next five games because if you pay attention, it's the Browns, the Colts, the Jets, the Eagles, and the well, Jaguars. That Colt game is, to me, the most interesting one. Because, Colts and the Eagles. Well, I mean, I'm talking about mm-hmm. conference-wise because— if I you, still think that—well, okay, I get what you're saying. If you look at it, mm-hmm. it two fronts, why? Yeah. One, the Texans are two games ahead of the Colts. So mm-hmm. it's one loss that the Colts could have to gain a game on you. Number two, the Colts are in the heat of it, currently tied with the Ravens for the sixth spot. Uh-huh. And what's funny is if the Texans have the third spot and the Colts get the sixth spot— you get a third meeting between those teams. So it's yeah. like the Colts could basically win their way into a third meeting with the Texans. Which would be very interesting because the Colts are starting to get a little hot. Mm-hmm. Um, they're starting to have things go well for them. I mean, good thing, too. Three of the last five are in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. That certainly can help. Uh you know, but it's going to be interesting for sure with the Texans. I for sure expect them to be in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. you look at some of these other teams, I mean— Chargers are a good team. The Steelers are right there. Baltimore Ravens are currently in the playoffs, but they got a new quarterback in there, and who knows mm-hmm. what's going to happen with Joe Flacco. Uh, but the Colts are fighting their way to get back in. You know, you definitely have some competition uh, in the lower end here. The Texans, all they really got to do is win like two games, mm-hmm. and they're and it's easy. I mean, obviously they're a ten win yeah. team at that point, but this isn't like the NFC where you can win ten games, and you know, especially in years past. You can win 10 games and still miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I think helps them is, like, for example, the Steelers losing mm-hmm. this past week. I think if the Texans are going to make some noise in the AFC, they need to be the third seed for two reasons. Number one, you avoid a team like the Chargers. We're going to see what the Chargers are without Melvin Gordon. Um, the knee injury, I think it's it's pretty serious. He's not going to yeah. be in this week. Um, but anything with the potentially MCL. should be back for could be back for yeah for the playoffs. But I mean, even when he comes back, what is he going to be like yeah. when he's back? So that Charger team will see what they look like this week against the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. But I mean, if I'm the Texans, I want to do everything, and of course you're going to go and try to win every game. Should but yeah, it's a good idea. You want to be that third seed. Because I'd rather play a team like Baltimore, play a team like Indy mm-hmm. in the first round of the playoffs. And if I'm taking my pick of who I want to play in that second round, call me crazy. But I want the Patriots. I don't want the Chiefs. Well, uh, yeah. Especially if I'm the Texans because mm-hmm. I already know I can play the Patriots tough. And the Patriots have already shown this season that – there are there are some kinks in that armor. There are some weak spots that if you hit that weak spot, this team can go down. They are not yeah. invincible like they have seemed in years past. The only advantage I'll say to this, or only, I guess, uh, thing to disagree is, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, they know how to get it done and get into the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid's shown more than not he knows how to lose in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's only made it to the Super Bowl once. I mean, lost to the t- lost to the Titans last year at home. Mm-hmm. 
So he's shown that he he can have things go wrong. But he didn't have Patrick Mahomes last year. He had game manager Alex Smith he last did. year. He did. He also had Donovan McNabb for a long time, and that wasn't always the best thing. Who do you think's better, Donovan McNabb or Patrick Mahomes? Different arrows. Yeah, but who do you think's better? Who do you think's more dynamic? I don't know, because <laughs> we just talked about Deshaun Watson right now in his very pedestrian <laughs> season so far. So maybe we got to wait before we crown their mm-hmm. asses. True. I mean, I just look at it, and mm. I mean... The but thing, with that being said, Mitchell Trubisky's the GOAT. The thing that's going to be the true mm-hmm. test for the Texans is, and this is going to sound really stupid saying this, is the playoffs. Because then... Well, it shows us if they're a real team or exactly, not. Exactly. Like, yeah. we're going to see if last night, and I know division, like, divisional games I kind of like put in a different side. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I didn't expect that game to be 34-17 walking into it when that game started. And I look at the rest, yeah, Baker Mayfield can throw for a couple touchdowns, but I think the Texans win. The Colts could win, but I would probably favor the Texans. Like I would favor the Texans in every one of their final games with maybe the Colts and Eagles being the games where it's like I could see them losing those. Yeah, I, I can see those both being losses for sure. Um, the Houston Texans, though, they've got a shot to to make some noise, to make some impact here. But yeah, like you're saying, it's that's the chance where we get to see if this is a real team mm-hmm. or not. It's one thing to win an easy schedule. The Chiefs did it. What was that? Mm, was that like 2013 or something that they were like a 13 and three team because they had a really easy schedule? Mm-hmm. Uh, first year of Alex Smith there. I think it might have been 2014. Um, really easy schedule when they just cakewalked through everybody. Very next year. Oh, all of a sudden they hit some roadblocks and they weren't the Super Bowl team that people were expecting them to be the following year. So sometimes those schedules that are a little easier makes you um, obviously play better, but makes you uh, into a better team than you should be. They've got a very kind of easy strength of schedule to them. But like I said, you only control the games you play. You're given a schedule. You got to win the games that you're supposed to win. So, Alex Smith in 2013 came to that team. They were 11 and five. Um, they were number two mm-hmm. in the playoffs. In the no, in the division, um, they were a wild card team. They lost to the Colts in the wild card at the Colts, 44 to 45. Then went nine and seven, didn't make the playoffs. Then went 11 and five, beat the Texans 30 to nothing. Lost to the Patriots twenty-seven to twenty, then twelve and four lost to the Steelers. That was the field goal game, and then last year ten and six lost to the Titans in the wild card game. Yeah, so that first year they came on really, really hot, and they had that great, mm-hmm. easier schedule. I kind of feel like that's the Houston Texans a little bit right now, and like I said, they can't do anything about it. But we need to see them play some some tough teams because. You know, you look at it, and it's like, all right, the tough teams that they played lost to the Patriots. I'd call that one a tough one. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I mean, they beat Denver. That's a tough game. <laughs> and that's about it. You're talking about that season or I'm this, saying this season? year? Okay. They've played, maybe, they played like one and a half tough games. Because looking at it, and I'm going to retrospective, of course, hindsight's mm-hmm. always... Um, 2020, but just to go through that schedule, they beat the Jaguars. This is the Chiefs, by the way, 2013. 
They beat the Jaguars. The Jaguars ended up being four and twelve. The Cowboys ended up being a eight and eight team that year. The Eagles, they were ten and six. They won that one. Giants were seven and nine, another win. The Titans and Raiders. Raiders were four and twelve. Titans were seven and nine. The Texans and Browns were two and fourteen, four and twelve. Um, Browns again. Then the Bills. You've got six and ten. Then they lost to Broncos, Broncos, and Chargers. Huh? Chargers were a playoff team at nine and seven, and the Broncos were only thirteen and three. Um, then the Raiders. They beat the Raiders again. Um, lost to the Chargers again, beat the Colts who were a playoff team, or lost to the Colts who were a playoff team, and beat the Redskins who were three and thirteen. Yeah. So they won a lot of games against some really big cupcakes that year. Yeah. So you were right. Like it wasn't thirteen and three, but that schedule mm-hmm. was loaded with cupcakes. Yeah. And why they were eleven and five that first year. Exactly. And to me, it kind of feels a little bit of. What we're looking at this year for the Houston Texans. So they're saying they'll probably, hey, third seed, and then, hey, Indy, Baltimore gets in and maybe knocks them out in the first round? If Baltimore, they if they're playing Baltimore, I don't expect, they could, yeah, for sure. What I about, wouldn't expect Baltimore. What about Andrew Luck, though? Andrew Luck definitely could do it. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck's got plenty of experience winning playoff games. I'm telling you, the one team, the one team I don't want to play if I'm the Texans in the first round I want I want the Steelers to keep losing because I don't want to see the Chargers. If the Texans see the Chargers in the first round, they will not get to the divisional round. They will lose in the wild card round, and I believe that. I don't know. I think that the Steelers or Chargers will both be tough matchups. They would do much better against the Ravens mm-hmm. if Miami can squeeze their way well, in there. And I just say that because I don't think the Steelers are going to lose the division. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that the Texans would then play the Steelers. Yeah. Um, I don't see Baltimore Baltimore or Cincinnati catching the Steelers for that mm-hmm. division. But, like, the Chargers, they should technically be the four seed, but they're the fifth seed because yeah. they've got a 9-2 and two team ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, hey, the Chargers, let's see, have they played the Chiefs twice this year? I think they got one more game against the Chiefs coming up. Let's see. They do. So, I mean, that Thursday night game on December 13th. Maybe they can steal it. If the Chargers win that, they could be the number one, number two overall seed in the um, AFC, Mm -hmm. maybe even the third seed. Any final thoughts before we go on to some draft talk, though? No, not necessarily. Watching Lamar Miller play yesterday, though, man, that was fun. Man, he was on on Lions Guy's bench in our personal league. And uh, what's funny is... uh, in the What's Your Fantasy League, mm-hmm. we traded him away because Andrew gave us Saquon Barkley. Interesting. I think I would take Saquon Barkley. Over I would Lamar too. Miller, I mean, though. you know, last week uh, Lamar Miller was really nice. But. Yeah, he was really nice. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think about the Texans down below in that comment section. Are they for real? Are they not for real? Is this kind of the, I'm going to say, uh, wolf in sheep's clothing? Did I say that right? Or is it sheep in wolf's clothing? You know, it's wolf in sheep's yeah. clothing is what I think. No. It's yep. a sheep in wolf's clothing because nope. they look like a wolf, but they're really a sheep. That's what I'm thinking of. It's mm. a sheep in wolf's clothing. No. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing Yeah, because it's something that but you I, think is good, but it actually is going to eat you alive. Okay. I was thinking more on the other end of like they're a wolf. I think they're going to win, but no, they're really a sheep. They're going to lose. Whatever. You guys get you guys get the reference. Are they for real? Are they not for real? 
let us know down below in the comment section. But Mark, let's move on into our next topic. And what we are looking at is a little NFL draft. So here's kind of my plan for the rest of the year kind of moving forward is Mm -hmm. I would like to, I'm not going to force it, um, but if there's a draft topic that we can find, I would like to have a draft topic on the podcast each and every week, kind of getting into it a little bit more as the college season's rearing to an end. We're going to be getting into bowl season, Mm -hmm. and then really it's just these players are just declaring for the draft left and right, not even playing their bowl games, um, because who cares? But Two guys we're going to look at today, kind of a good old versus segment. We've done versus for the quarterbacks. I know we did the, oh, what was it? It was, um, oh, I'm trying to think. It was two years ago. It was the guy from Alabama mm-hmm. versus the guy from um, Stanford. Who was the one that got drafted oh, right after it, Solomon Thomas? Yes, yeah. it was the Solomon Thomas one, and we also talked about, I can't remember his name, from Alabama. It was about two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was Mitch Trubisky's draft class. We're doing a Tell total. Miles Garrett. Right? Miles Garrett? Was that no, Miles Garrett? No, Miles Garrett was Texas A&M. He so was hard to remember when, what year these guys get drafted nowadays. It was. I know it was Mitch's draft because it mm-hmm. was the um, Solomon Thomas draft. But what we're looking at here is Nick Bosa at Oliver and kind of debating the two because I'll be honest. These guys, one of them's probably going to go number one. One of them's probably going to go number two. The only way one of them doesn't go number one mm-hmm. is if the Raiders or the 49ers, because they own the first uh, overall pick right now, if they trade with the Giants and the Giants trade up to get Justin Herbert, kind of like what the Bears kind of did. It was the second pick, not the first pick. But if a team trades up for that quarterback um, yeah. instead of going defense— I'm going to kick it over to you. You start with whichever one you want because these guys are both like one, Ed Oliver's an inside guy on the line. Bosa's a rusher on the outside, but both of these guys are ones where Ed Oliver hasn't played in a while. Nick Bosa's nursing an injury and has said he's not coming back to Ohio State, that he is going to work on the NFL draft. So, what is, where do you want to start when it comes to Nick Bosa and Ed Oliver? I want to actually start with Ed Oliver. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Nick Bosa. Guy we haven't talked about that much. Yeah, yeah. And and I think here's the thing. He's the guy who is he gonna be the number one overall pick? Mm-hmm. No, he's probably not gonna be the number one overall pick. But he's a guy who as an interior Jonathan Allen. Jonathan Allen, there you go. That was the guy's name, but uh, go ahead. As an, an interior lineman, he is such a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. And you know, he coming from Houston, so he's not gonna be the household name that you're going to get out of Nick Bosa mm-hmm. from Ohio State. Uh, you have that type of an issue to it to where that's going to kind of hurt when other people are thinking about him. The draft scouts, of course, they all know who he is. But he knows how to overpower. He knows how to just be a pure physical athlete. And he knows how to cause havoc. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a guy who, of course, is going to get into the backfield. Really great for tackles for loss. Really great at stopping any kind of uh, run game from developing. Mm-hmm. He is somebody who is going to, without a doubt, be in a great addition to teams. But my question that I'm going to have is if he truly will be a defensive tackle in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I think that a team, when you're this far up in the draft, you don't care 
if he's for sure going to be any one position. You want a guy who's going to make a difference on your team. Mm -hmm. And it's actually kind of a good thing for Ed Oliver because the rule towards the top of the draft, you want somebody who's going to be scoring new touchdowns or hitting quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much what you want. So you can take a defensive end. You're probably not going to take a defensive tackle. Well, and that's the thing that I think is... That's why I feel like Nick Bosa uh-huh. is going to go number one and Ed Oliver will be number two, mm-hmm. barring a quarterback. Then it's two and then three. But that's why I feel like Bosa's going to go ahead of Ed Oliver because Ed Oliver, to me, with him playing on the inside at Houston, number one, with him being, what is it, the the weight I've got here is – and I'm going to say the same thing Sean says on uh-huh. the NBA side. Don't correct the weight. Everyone's got a different weight. Like, no matter yeah. what website you look at, the one I've got from the draftnetwork.com, they've got them listed at 6'2", 280 pounds. So, I mean, that's one of the things that many are saying is kind of a negative for him is that that 280 pounds – he a big man. He's a big guy. And, I mean, that's another thing where kind of if you're going to move him into a linebacker position, is he going to be able to make that kind of, like, move outside? Because, like, Joey or Nick Bosa, I'm going to call him Joey Bosa numerous times because he looks like his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey Bosa is around the same weight, about 270. But he's a little bit, he's got 10 pounds less. And I feel like with him being more of that edge rusher, more of that natural edge rusher, yeah, he's coming off an injury, but I don't think many people are going to care much about that. I feel like teams are going to go, who's going to get at, who's going to get us after the quarterback more? And I feel like it is going to be Nick Bosa. Instead of Ed Oliver. I almost said Joey Bosa again. Well, yeah, and, and part of it is if Ed Oliver purely is going to be an actual mm-hmm. defensive tackle, he's not supposed to get to the quarterback. Yeah. Like, that's not his job. He's got other things to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Bosa, who's going to be a defensive end, he's supposed to get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, a little bit just the different roles, and it depends on what a team is really looking for and what they hope to have out of this player, but I even wonder still, Ed Oliver, is he going to play defensive tackle in the NFL? You think he's going to play linebacker? He's a little undersized. He's going to kind of, I feel like, get a little eaten up by other players. Mm -hmm. He can move out to a linebacker position and get to quarterbacks, I think, a little bit better than he will be on the inside stuffing Mm -hmm. runs. Uh, and eating up space. That's mm-hmm. not something that he's going to really be able to do in the NFL, I don't think. Do you think then, like, do you think at 6'2", 280, that if he switches to a linebacker, don't you want him a little bit, a little, do you want him to lose a little bit of weight is what oh, I'm for saying? for sure. Because you don't want a two 280-pound linebacker. Yeah, I there. mean, you for sure would want him to lose some weight, Uh but that's something that you can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the best example in the world is look at Jeff Saturday as soon as he retired. Look sure. how much weight that man lost. Yeah. You know, and, and that's different. You're, you know, you're obviously looking at an offensive lineman in that case. But um, I don't know. And, and I'm not saying for sure that Ed Oliver is not going to be a defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. But I think that teams are going to look at him and say, 
can we move him around? Mm-hmm. You know, is there a different direction that we can go with him uh, to fill another need? Now, it's not going to be a team like, um, like the uh, number one, the Raiders. It's not going to be a team like the Raiders because they need pass rushers. Mm-hmm. They're going to go for Joey Bosa. Or, I'm sorry, Nick Bosa all day. Yeah. There's no doubt about that, that they want him to be their player. Um, whereas opposed to Ed Oliver, they're not going to go for interior. Mm-hmm. Obviously not. The weird thing for Ed Oliver is if we're saying for sure he's an interior lineman, which, you know, and, and I don't want people to get mad and say that I'm saying that there's no way he can play defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Houston fans, don't be mad at me. Uh, <laughs> he obviously can, but you look at that and you're like, all right, well, who's going to take a defensive tackle? Mm-hmm. It's not going to probably be the Bills. It's not going to be the Giants. 49ers, probably not. Cardinals, they, they could, could, but I think that they're going to probably look for defensive back help uh, a little bit, or they're going to try and help out their quarterback who needs desperate help. Mm-hmm. Browns, I don't really know that the Browns go for a defensive tackle either. Mm-hmm. You know, they've the defensive line is not, uh, you know, really what the Browns need when I look at the Browns. But, you know, they've been addressing a lot, so maybe they do. There's a lot of teams that could take a defensive tackle, but they're all teams that I think have something else they could use more mm-hmm. um, to where it kind of forces Ed Oliver to fall a little bit. See, and that's one thing that's interesting because, first off, some people may say it's way too early to think about that, but mm-hmm. every single year there's one person. There's, yeah. And let's be honest, most of the time it's because something like really bad from their past comes out, like uh, uh, Josh Allen was the one that it happened to last year. Laramie Tunsil was another one, but... There are guys, look at Geno Smith. Yeah. He was the guy that was supposed to be higher up and fell completely out of the first round. I'm not saying Ed Oliver is going to be in that boat, but, like, I look at the first three teams, and if we go in order of what they are right now, the San Francisco 49ers, mm-hmm. I think if they have the pick, they're trying to trade it. They're going to trade it for a team that wants that quarterback. If they're Like, if Justin Herbert comes out, and he is the clear number one quarterback. I think like a team like the Giants or something trade up to get that quarterback. So like the 49ers, I think, would be a tradable team. Then the Cardinals at two. Really, they're a team. They could take either they could take Bosa or Ed Oliver, but they're also a team that they're they could say, hey, we took Hassan Riddick um last last year. We've got already um, Chandler Jones on the outside. Why not go ahead and get a guy like Ed Oliver to be in the middle? Because right now their defensive tackles that are starting for them right now are Corey Peters and Rodney Gunther. Their defense is not that good. Yeah, their offensive line is horrible. Um, They would probably be who of them Mm -hmm. to take an offensive lineman, maybe like a Jonah Williams um, higher in the draft, but I mean, if you're sitting there at two, you're not going to take Jonah Williams over Nick Bosa or Ed Oliver. And like, I kind of, I kind of disagree with you when it comes to the Raiders because the Raiders, to me, could take either one of these guys. Like, and that's why them mm-hmm. sitting at third, they'll be like, "Hey, you guys take who you want. If one of these guys falls to us, 
Go ahead and we'll take them because for the Raiders, yeah, because they took Arden Key last year. Our, our Hassan Riddick was two years ago, by the way. Um, Arden Key last year, who's playing mm-hmm. defensive end, they took friend of the show Mo Hurst and PJ Hall, yeah, to be defensive tackles for this year. So it's like they could take either one. I, I just feel like you can't trade away. I think John Khalil Gr- Mack. I think John Gruden's a BPA guy that you need pass rush a pass rush and then say. We'll go with defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, a defensive tackle who maybe we have him lose a little bit of weight and he plays linebacker, linebacker instead. Well, hey, maybe he fits that Khalil Mack role then. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I look at I look at Ed Oliver and I'm like, I feel that he needs to lose or gain 30 pounds. <laughs> and I don't so, care which direction so, it is. So if you want to play on the line, gain weight. If you don't want to play on the line, lose weight is right? what you're saying. Yeah, give me like – and like I said, it depends on what website you look at. Give me like mm-hmm. 20 or 30 pounds one way or the other. Um, I, I just at the moment can't imagine Nick Bosa not being the number one pick. The mm-hmm. only thing that I sit here and see is – let's look at Joey. 2016 – 12 games, you know, he had some some issue uh, mm-hmm. getting onto the field now, there. Do we you all really remember mean that. Joey or you? No, I actually Nick. do mean Joey. Okay. 2017, he plays all the games. And then 2018, he's played two games. Mm-hmm. So, and I know that there was contract issues and things like that mm-hmm. for, for Joey at first. But he's had some injury issues. Nick Bosa is in kind of um, very clear fashion, uh, had injury issues, and then decided not to play. He's like, nope, see ya. I'm out of here. Not even coming back to, to Ohio school. State. He did the Cardell Jones method of we ain't here to play school. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so he says bye, and uh, which is interesting too because Ohio State is doing a really good job right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there going to be any fear from teams? And Joey Bose is a monster when he's on the field. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. But is there going to be any fear from teams that say, I don't know. Maybe Nick Mosa is not going to be on the field that often. Mm-hmm. Maybe we do go a different direction. I mean, that's the big like that's the big question. I was going to ask mm-hmm. you. I'll kind of take your question and flip a question. Is both of these guys have a question mark to me? Yeah. And some people may say with the Ed Oliver one that I'm grasping at straws here, but I don't think that you can completely override it. And in the combine interview segment, this is mm-hmm. where this kind of fizzles away because they're going to give him a coat and take it away. Exactly. Like that situation Mm -hmm. is where I saw both sides of it. Where like the people were like, come on, Applegate, you're being an asshole. Basically like, I I agree. Does it really matter if he wears a coat on the sideline? That was a power Um, trip by the coach. Basically. Yeah. But at the same time, NFL coaches, I feel like, and Mm -hmm. I feel this, that most NFL guys, that especially the ones that grew up in like the old school days, don't like that. It's do as you're told, kind of. Like, what was the biggest knock about Josh Rosen? That he asks why. Yeah. The biggest knock was that he asks why and wants to know why. Like, people saw that as a negative because coaches are like, do this. All right, coach, I'm going to do that. Like, mm-hmm. that to me, I feel like. In the interview process, it's all going to be faded out. When teams bring guys in, kind of like what they were talking during Monday Night Football with Deshaun Watson, like when the Texans brought him on their uh, facilities, they knew right away yeah. that he was the guy. Well, that they even to go said get. it with. Uh, they like to say it with Matt Nagy yeah. and Mitchell Trubisky that, that he knew. Matt Nagy didn't actually like him when they first met him. It wasn't mm-hmm. until they actually sat down in a room with him that was like, "Oh, I like this kid a lot, actually." Yeah. Um, 
And it could very easily be the same thing. I mean, I think that's going to be important for Ed Oliver there. But mm-hmm. I actually think the combine is going to be very important for Ed Oliver in general because he is that guy who could fall mm-hmm. in this. Now, he's not going to have a Geno Smith fall, but he could be a Laramie Tunzel type so of So you're saying fall. like a couple spots. Like maybe, oh, you were t- supposed to be top two. All right, and now, now you're you thought you were going to be top 12. 10. Yeah. Now you're at like 13. Yeah, yeah like exactly. you're in the teens now. You know, maybe the Raiders get another shot at him. You know, true. Uh, but <laughs> it falls all the way to the 20s. Right. Uh, but, you know, he's one of those guys who mm-hmm. I think it's going to be important for, for that part, too. There are going to be some coaches, some uh, some general managers who are like, oh, I don't like the way that looked. And John Gruden screams a guy that doesn't wouldn't like that. Am I wrong? John Gruden screams. I, I honestly would not think like it that. could go either way. He's the guy who doesn't like it and is like, I don't want anybody asking questions. Or he's the guy who's like, I like his fight and I can tame him. <laughs> I can tame you him. You know, because I think that's what John Gruden sees. He mm-hmm. wants his guys that he can mold, which will probably be Joey, will probably be Nick Bosa. Yeah, probably. Because Nick Bosa doesn't, ha- doesn't have that on. Now, Nick Bosa's is different. You've mentioned it too. Mm-hmm. It's the injury. Like, yeah. how is he going to come back from that? The workouts but are going to be more important. I do to him. think that, and in, in the past, we've seen that teams don't care whether mm-hmm. you play or not. But I do think it takes a very special level of selfishness to say, screw you guys, I'm not coming back at all. Mm-hmm. Now, and I, I acknowledge the injury that he's protecting himself and his millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, to not go play and to get himself rock, injured again. The millions and millions of dollars. I mean, exactly. We we see a guy go out there, get hurt, and Eddie Jackson's a good example. Mm-hmm. Got hurt. He was supposed to be a first-rounder, drops into the mid-rounds, mm-hmm. and fortunately for him, he's still doing well. Yeah. But a lot of those guys don't. Uh, you know, Nick Bosa's career could have ended before it started if he mm-hmm. came back, but... It does still take a special level of egotism to say, I don't care about the team. And college football is supposed to be very much about the team mm-hmm. in the sense of like but, you're supposed to come into the you're supposed to come in and you go to Ohio State not because you're the best ever and you are gonna make a name for yourself. You go to Ohio State because be it's Ohio State. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of gets into the argument too, and what we're seeing with mm-hmm. um the kids nowadays is these kids the bowl games uh-huh. where if you're a high draft pick, I'm gonna play my bowl game. And you shouldn't. Why should you risk it? You know, why should you risk getting hurt? Like Christian and McCaffrey was Bosa one did. where he was like, I ain't gonna play, or Josh Rosen was like, I ain't gonna play. Exactly. But there's a difference, I think, between not playing your bowl game and the last not game playing an entire season. And saying, Yeah, Peace, it was like, I'll see you guys it was later. Like week three or week four that he said, Yeah, I ain't coming back. Yeah, exactly. And that takes a different level where I'm going to sit here and say, are you going to pull different situation, mm-hmm. but are you going to pull a Le'Veon Bell if things aren't going well? I'm going to be completely honest, though. Nick Bosa, when he said that, mm-hmm. my first thought was, seems like a Bosa thing to do. I think yeah. that, and this is me, I don't know the Bosas, I don't know their dad, I don't know Joe, I don't know Nick, but it seems like that's a move where Daddy Bosa's saying, no, you ain't going back. And he's going, okay, Dad, like, I ain't going back. Yeah. Like, that seems like Kind of like a Manning family kind of. Exactly. No, no, like, no, Eli, you're not playing for them. Like, I could, if if it was Joey Bosa in that situation, I could mm-hmm. see him doing the same thing. Because look at what happened with him in the NFL. They yeah. argued over language for the longest time. Yep. And that's not saying that arguing over the language was the, you know, a bad thing to do. That's a different no, conversation. But that's how they're like, they have shown you mm-hmm. how their family works. They're a little stubborn. They want to 
get the way they want it to work. They're very mm-hmm. much like the Manning family. And like the Manning family, if it's going to win you mm-hmm. between Eli and Peyton four Super Bowls, okay, we'll tolerate it. Kind of like how they were like, no, you're not playing for the Chargers. Yeah, exactly. You're going to go play for the Giants. Exactly. You know, you'll tolerate it if you're going to win, mm-hmm. but is it making enough of a difference? You know, the Chargers are still a good team right now. Mm-hmm. They've been a good team all year, and Joey Bosa's had his chance to play two games. Uh, so, I don't know with that case. I don't know if that is one extra level of a team saying, maybe we don't. And I don't necessarily think it's a team saying, maybe we don't pick him, mm-hmm. as much as it's a team saying, maybe we let somebody else pick him, meaning we'll trade out. If we can. You're talking about let someone else pick Bosa? Yeah, we'll okay. trade out. Of, let's say the Raiders. Raiders say, we're going to trade out of number one overall. Let somebody else take him. Because it's a lot easier to do that, trade back, than it is to say, you know, we're going to get Quinn and Williams mm-hmm. you know, instead of Nick Bosa. That doesn't work. You can't do that. That does not happen. Um, or saying like, hey, let's go get a wide receiver replacement for Amari Cooper. You know, you can't really do that with Nick Bosa as much as you can get away with trading and let somebody else take him. And also the thing that I'm looking at, and this kind of doesn't bode well for uh-huh. Ed Oliver if he's going to play inside. I'm already at the 2014 draft. Mm. And because I was like, the thing that I couldn't remember for the life of me is the who was the highest Defensive tackle. Most of the ones I'm seeing are like uh, what you said, 12, 13, maybe a 10th overall pick being that defensive tackle. Like Dontari Poe is the one I'm on now. He was 11 Mm -hmm. um, at the defensive tackle spot. Oh, Marcel Darius was the last one picked in the top five. He was third overall to the Bills. There you go. He was the last defensive tackle, Mm -hmm. the highest defensive tackle. Um the last one to go super high. And the two that went before him, quarterback, Cam Newton went number one. Yeah. Linebacker went number two in Von Miller. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the one thing also that's going to be, like Nick Fairley, who was also in that draft, 13th. Mm-hmm. You had uh, Corey Leggett, Illinois, 18. Yeah. Like, you typically want a guy who's scoring touchdowns or hitting quarterbacks mm-hmm. at the beginning. And just to look at, I want to see his measurables. Um, yeah, you want to know, uh, Marcel Darius, by the way, still in the league. He's with Jacksonville mm-hmm. now. Um, you want to know how much he weighs sure. as a defensive tackle? 331 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Ed Oliver's playing inside, um, at 280. Yep. So it's either, like you said, lose weight, gain weight. What are you going to do? Doesn't matter. Pick one. And that's why I feel like if it was me and I was on the clock, mm-hmm. I would go Nick Bosa. If, yeah, I if mean, I was on the clock, I would go Nick Bosa because a pass rusher is more mm-hmm. valuable than inside help, and number two, they're like, I feel like there's less molding to do with Nick Bosa than there will be mm-hmm. a, with Ed Oliver at the next level. I gotta say though, as much as Nick Bosa is the short thing, number one, I don't, I'm not really thrilled if I'm at the top of this draft. For a couple reasons, it's not. One, it's not like it is in past years. Yeah, you don't have your clear stud. Mm-hmm. You don't you, have your like Miles Garrett, and you don't really have. I don't think that many teams that want to trade up. 
Unless they want a quarterback and they really think but that even so, I mean, Herbert's the guy. Exactly. Like, is there really that much for you there? This is one of those years where I think teams are going to, you know, the Raiders, the Giants, the Bills, they're going to be calling teams and they're going to say, mm-hmm. no, we're fine with where we're at. <laughs> we'll stick. We'll stay right here. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm looking right now at just a random mock draft. And, like, our next mock draft is we're going to record that December 11th. So mm-hmm. I think two weeks from today is our next mock and it's like, I'm looking at it, and it's the quarterback-wise, and I know people are going to say, because in our mock, people are like, why talk about the shitty quarterbacks? Talk about all these great defensive people players. People love quarterbacks. But it's like Justin Herbert at 3, Drew Locke at 10, and then does this mock draft even have a quarterback after that? No, it doesn't. Um, the next quarterback isn't until Daniel Jones and Will Greer, who are 36th and 37th. Mm-hmm. Um, respectively. So it's like, it's just one of those where it's like, it, it could be a draft where at the top, a lot of teams kind of stay pat, but I just, I could see the 49ers, if they're that number one pick, finagling a team like maybe Jacksonville or the Giants at five and six to trade up for that quarterback. And I just can't them. imagine that anybody's going to trade up for anything. That's just nothing mm-hmm. really worth you're and wild to do it. At this point, it's still a long draft process. Like yeah. we're ju- like right now, we're just getting mm-hmm. to the very beginning of the draft process. With the conference championships will be done this weekend. Yep. Bowl season will start, which the top ones won't even play mm-hmm. in their bowl game. And now we get to really dissect these guys. Yeah, um, kind of moving forward. But any final thoughts before we go ahead and make our picks? Um, no, not necessarily. I feel pretty good about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I my final thought is that Nick Bosa to me, I think I think it will come down to Nick Bosa's a pass rusher because he plays in the edge, he will be number 1 and because of that kind of to use an NBA term because Ed Oliver is kind of like a tweener when it comes to size, I think that'll be a big enough knock to where teams will favor Nick Bosa over Ed Oliver if they have to make this decision. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think. Do you favor Nick? Do you favor Ed? What do you think about Nick's injury? What do you think about that whole coat fiasco with Ed Oliver and Applegate? Let us know everything that you guys are thinking this early about these two prospects down below in that comment section. And Mark, it's that time of the podcast where we close it out making our picks this week. In the NFL, and I'm going to be completely honest, as I was mm-hmm. looking at these games earlier. This is an easy one. Well, to it's me, easy week. To me, it's there's only two game, three games, eh, maybe four that are worth watching: the Thursday night game, the Viking pa- Patriots game, Sunday night football, and maybe Monday night football. Other than that, it's a lot of games that, yeah, they could surprise us, but on paper. Probably going to be some one-sided matchups, and I know people are going to get mad yep. that I say that. But Just assume that the one-sided matchup is not your team. Yeah, just assume that it's not. But let's mm-hmm. get into it. Thursday Night Football. This, to me, will probably be, could be the game of the week, but it's on Thursday, so it probably won't. The Saints at 10-1 and one are going to go into Jerry World and play the Cowboys. Cowboys have been on a roll there now. Yep. The NFC East leader. Do they keep that going against the Saints, who have been on a better roll and their defense picking it up at the right time? Here's the thing for this one. is This game goes one of two ways. Uh, this game either goes that the Cowboys continue this streak mm-hmm. of doing well, 
and they actually compete and they surprise the Saints and they actually beat the Saints. Mm-hmm. Big upset. Or they get absolutely smacked. And we're looking at, you know, like a 40 to 17 type of game. Mm-hmm. Like there's only one or two ways it goes. Upset or Dallas, you sit down. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm going to lean towards the Saints on this one because at this point, there's zero reason for me to ever pick against the Saints until they lose. Um, again. Yeah, again. Which hasn't happened since, you know, Fitzpatrick just it's, went off. It's been a while. But this, honestly, this one has the potential to do it. And like I said, it took Amari Cooper some time to really kind of gel into this. But. With Amari Cooper, this is a different team. This is a different Dak Prescott. He's more confident. You can tell he feels like he's got a weapon uh, that he can trust, and that makes a big difference for the quarterback. But still, I can't imagine the Cowboys' defense stopping the Saints. I'm conflicted on this one, only because I want it to be a close, good game, but in my heart of hearts, I feel like because it's a Thursday night football game, it's going to be one-sided, and the Saints are going to roll. Thursday nights are never like, fun. On paper, it looks like a great matchup. The mm-hmm. Cowboys are playing well right now. But like this Saints team, the only way you're going to beat them is if you score over 40 points. And I don't think the Cowboys have that in them. It'll probably I mean, they're be... They're averaging about 21, so I'm going to say double their point total. I'm going to say 31-24 that the Saints win this one. It'll probably be close early. Saints will pull away late. 31-24 being the final score. And the Saints will go to 11-1 on the season. Then we get into the Sunday ones. The first one we start off with is the Bears game because on our All right, cool. on our ESPN um, personal uh, for the onside kick mm-hmm. and Moselle podcast, the Bears are our favorite team, Obviously. so they pop up first. But Bears-Giants, a noon game in mm-hmm. the Meadowlands. I am going to, with Mitch, without Mitch, I'm going to pick the Bears to win this one. This one should be an easy one for them. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Bears too. I mean, this one's got... Upset potential mm-hmm. here because the think, Giants are starting to kind of pull some things together. If you're the Bears, do you think about sitting Mitch this one because you're playing the Giants? I don't think you do, and the reason I say that is because there's no such thing as an as a gimme game mm-hmm. in the NFL. And as soon as you assume that you're going to beat the New York Giants, as plenty of Bears fans are doing right now, it's when you lose to the New York Giants. I mean, they do have Saquon. I mean, yeah. Saquon can beat you. And and the Bears have shown that they can have a little bit of trouble against a good I mean, running back. I mean, look at what Laguerre Blunt did on yeah. Thanksgiving. So I mean, Saquon could have a big game. Good for the what's your fantasy team because we got Saquon going this weekend in the first round of our playoffs. But I think the Bears should get the win. I think Mitch yep. will play this one, and the Bears will beat the Giants. Then we've got a game in Atlanta. Lamar Action Jackson, 6-5, and five, going into Atlanta mm-hmm. to play the 4-7 and seven Falcons. What do you think? I think at this point we can officially say Joe Flacco's done. <laughs> like last week it was a, hey, maybe not, maybe Lamar Jackson's going to play a game or two. Especially if they make the playoffs with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think Joe Flacco is done. Lamar Jackson's here to stay, uh, and I'm going to have them beat the Falcons. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens as well with this one. The Falcons, to me, it's just, I feel like if they were 5-6, and six, I would say, all right, you're saying there's a chance. But really with seven losses, Mm -hmm. you're not getting in the playoffs with seven losses in this NFC. There's so many teams ahead of them with five losses that I don't see all of them Mm -hmm. losing two games. And I think Lamar Action Jackson is going to do enough for the Ravens along with Gus Gus Edwards um, to get it done for Baltimore on the road. 
Then we've got a good one. Well, could be a good one. The Bengals coming off of another loss. This one to the Browns where Baker Mayfield went off and said, oh, well, Hugh Jackson, blah, 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 blah. And then you got the Broncos getting a huge come-from-behind victory against the Steelers. Broncos are favorited in this one, and I'm actually, because of the Broncos, I'm going to look up their schedule really quick because, yeah, they've been on a hot streak. They've beaten Mm -hmm. the Chargers. They've beaten these Steelers, who are not easy teams by any means. I'm going to go with the Broncos to get this one done, even in Cincinnati. Broncos are starting to gel a little bit, which makes sense. They've got some new... Uh, new players, new coaches. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of new things going on. It's starting to finally figure out. But I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they're just off kilter right now. Because and Andy Dalton's not playing. He's on the IR. Yeah, they, they got destroyed by the Saints. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Then they get this Ravens game, which they were close. They were mm-hmm. a field goal away. The Browns, the, the Browns had to win that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had to because they needed to go and beat the old coach. All you got to do is say this, 1-5 in, in your last six. After yeah. starting 4-1, and one, you're 1-5 one in, in your last six. But with that being said, I'm still going to go with the Bengals to win this game. Oh, okay. I think that they can do enough. Jeff Driscoll, I think, is mm-hmm. going to be playing. Yep. Um, Driscoll. So I, I think that they can do enough. They've got a good team. They just need to get out of this funk. And it's not like it's impossible to do against... Uh, mm-hmm. against the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos want to keep a nice close game anyways, so they can do it. Then another NFC matchup. I think, by the way, Vegas, total mm-hmm. disrespect of the L.A. Rams. We've got the Rams and the Lions in Detroit. The Rams only a 10-point favorite. I think that's disrespect by the odds makers. I think the Rams win by more and blow out the Lions in yeah. Detroit. I mean, the the Detroit Lions, the coaching is off. There's nobody for Matthew Stafford to throw to. Matthew Stafford is not Matthew Stafford right mm-hmm. now. Uh, I got to go with the Rams. And then we've got another NFC matchup. The Cardinals going into Lambeau Field to play the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay might actually get a win this one uh, yeah. because the Cardinals aren't a tougher, toughest opponent. Mm-hmm. One of the things on Twitter that I saw that I found funny was Josh Rosen mm-hmm. posted a video of he was scrambling out to pass the ball and the ref threw the flag. And just when he tossed it, hit Rosen right in the face um, before he had thrown nice. the ball. And uh, Rosen put that video up and said, well, you know, Coach told me they're going to throw new things at me every week. But in this one, I think the Packers will throw some new things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to get the win over a Cardinal team that yeah. is fighting for that number one overall pick. Yeah, I mean, it's a home game. The The Packers only really are losing it on the road. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to give this one to the Packers, unfortunately. Then we've got a matchup in the AFC East in Miami. Mm -hmm. The Bills, they get a big win over Jacksonville last week. They're playing another team from the state of Florida. Does the trash Josh Allen, and I use air quotes because he wasn't trash last week when he beat Jalen Ramsey, does trash Josh Allen have it in them to mm-hmm. bring the Bills to 5-7. and seven. It's almost like talking trash uh, is not the best idea because it <laughs> motivates the other players. Huh, it's funny how that works. Right? Uh, they say don't give them a reason to play, and you're giving them many reasons to play. <laughs> I believe in our day they called it bulletin board material, Mark. Yep. So I'm actually going to go with the Tannehill Miami Dolphins. <laughs> the Tannehills. Uh, you know, because I, I think that this is one of those teams where – They've got enough there. They're just not getting things to go right for mm-hmm. them. 
Um, and and I do think that Miami, there's quite a few of uh, guys like Adam Gase, Ryan Tannehill. They're playing. They're playing to kind of save jobs a little bit right now, and and they need to beat a team like Buffalo. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Buffalo right now. They're on a little bit. Like they've played some good games. I feel like this is one where they can kind of get motivated. Hey, we mm-hmm. just beat Jacksonville. Just one one for our trash quarterback in Josh Allen. I don't think he's trash. I just like making fun of Jalen Ramsey um, for calling him trash. And I, I'm gonna pick the Bills to go ahead and get the win in Miami. Although really, this game. Doesn't really matter unless you're keeping score for draft picks. Then we've got an NFC South matchup. The Panthers, they're going to play the Buccaneers. And I am going to, it pains me, mm-hmm. but I'm going to pick the Panthers to beat the Buccaneers. The Bucks are Why dysfunctional because the Panthers don't really play well on the road. And they're really hit or miss. But like mm-hmm. the Buccaneers are dysfunctional. DJ Moore is stepping it up a little bit for the Panthers. And it looks like Cam Newton is finding his rhythm. I like Carolina to get the win, even if it's narrowly, and go to seven and five on the year. So it's an interesting one because because the Panthers are one and four on the road, <laughs> and they've just lost three games yeah. in a row. Uh, so it's not a good look for the Panthers. And you know mm-hmm. I love to claw up, uh, but this this is one of those games here where it's like flip a coin. Mm-hmm. You know who's going to play quarterback <laughs> for the Buccaneers is. Is it going to be good for them? Who knows? They're not so great, you know, uh, when they're on the road. So much of me wants to claw, but I think that the Buccaneers are probably going to steal this one. Uh, being that home team and just kind of with the revolving quarterback door, that someone will get it done, unfortunately. So, and, unfortunately, I'm going to pick the Buccaneers. And talk about revolving quarterback door. Um, Jacksonville, not only will they be out without Leonard Fournette, he gets suspended one game. Blake Bortles has officially, he is a pine cowboy. He's riding the pine mm-hmm. pony, and Cody Got Kessler will be the starting quarterback. Here's my first question for you. Yep. How far into the game does Cody Kessler get benched for Blake Bortles? I actually think Cody Kessler will play the, <laughs> the whole, whole game. game. Uh, will he start next week? No. That's a very interesting question. Uh, the answer is probably going to be no. They're going to pick up uh, some Joe off the street. Or let Blake come back, and they're just going to become the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and say, we'll play a different quarterback <laughs> every week. Hope for the best. Uh, it but, must be a Florida thing. Yeah, the Colts, they, they should have this one. Yeah, I'm going to go Andrew Luck greater than Cody Kessler. No Leonard Fournette. Jaguars mm-hmm. One of these Colts quarterbacks win. can throw it for more than 25 yards. Yeah, one of them is going to win this game. Then we've got Baker Mayfield, who uh, mm-hmm. talking some smack about Hugh Jackson. Um, he's going to run into a brick wall, by the way. And yes. uh, this Houston defense is going to make him shut up. And I'm saying that like that because I kind of don't like – I get like – I get Baker Mayfield, but I know we didn't talk about this, but I'm going to yeah. say it anyways. What he was saying about Hugh Jackson – Am I a Hugh Jackson fan? No. Thought he should have been fired. But, dude, you're coming off like a little punk. Shut your mouth. Mm -hmm. Don't say it. I'm going to use a LeVar Ball reference. Stay in your lane. Texans defense is going to shut him up this week, Texans with the win. Yeah, I I think that Baker Mayfield, people like Baker Mayfield right now. They're having fun with Baker Mm -hmm. Mayfield. Eventually it's going to be like, all right, we get it. It gets old and people get tired of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Am I tired of it? Almost. I mean, you know, it's kind of at one little thing for Hugh Jackson. All right. I'll give you that, you know, because the whole team was doing it. But then it's like, all right, you can just say even more. You keep doing more stuff. Mm-hmm. There was the 
I don't Damian, even want to. I don't even want to talk to my co to the old coach. Like, and then I, it's one thing, but the hug, like not even like shaking his hand after the game or whatever. Or, and then yeah, and then going after Damian Woody after Damian Woody yeah. went after you, and then Damian Woodley Woodley oh. goes back mm. at him because he's like, I'm not going to back down just because you went after me on Instagram. This is just the kind of thing where it's like Baker. Just stop. You know what I find funny about that, too? The Damian Woodley thing? Mm. Wood, Woody Woodley. Um, they say that, like, there are players like Ryan Clark that are like, yeah, players don't focus on what you guys are saying. Oh, but they totally do. And then do. fucking Baker Mayfield yeah. goes after somebody who, let's be honest, whatever Damian said didn't flipping matter to Baker. Baker yeah. could have just went, nah, eh, whatever. But he chose to go back at him. Right? And that's the kind of thing where... Why should you care? This is... And someone's going to get really mad at me Mm -hmm. for saying this in the comment section. And I won't go on it for too long. But I like Baker Mayfield still. But this is the kind of thing. When people compared him to Johnny Manziel, Mm -hmm. it was not necessarily always... And for some people it was. But it was not always that he was going to fizzle out of the NFL. It was that he was going to create problems for himself. Mm -hmm. This is Baker Mayfield creating problems for himself. You don't need to do all this. We don't expect you to be Bill Belichick and not answer. We don't expect you to be Peyton Manning and, you know, say all the right things and be perfect like Andrew Luck. Do you Luck. think Greg Williams is a guy who encourages this, though? Oh, for sure. Is not, is not a coach that's going to be like Bill Belichick and be like, hey, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I, I definitely think he does. Uh, I mean, anyone who's paid attention to history knows mm-hmm. that Greg Williams is okay with you doing whatever the hell you want. Um as long as we win. Right. And, and that's the big thing is, you know, if you win games, it's great. But Baker Mayfield's just causing problems with himself where I see a little bit of Jay Cutler coming on of like, you're going to make the NFL world hate you mm-hmm. because of this. He said the magical two words, Jay Cutler. Right. The pitchforks are coming out and he's not even in the NFL anymore. Exactly. I mean, you know, you're going to make NFL fans get really tired and sick of you. You're going to mm-hmm. become a heel and everyone – Went from loving Baker Mayfield to mm-hmm. rooting against Baker Mayfield in just a few games. And we're not at that point yet. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that he's kind of going down a road. With all that being said, the Houston Texans win this game. And then next we've got the Jets 3-8. and eight. They've got a boatload of problems. Mm-hmm. They're going to be playing the Tennessee Titans. who are going to be looking for a win after being embarrassed on Monday Night Football. And I'm actually going to pick the Titans to bounce back, yeah. get a win at home because... The Jets are just struggling, and I don't see them winning in Nashville. Exactly. I mean, as you should. The The Tennessee Titans are clinging to life here. They need to do something to get a win. And then what should be an easy win, but yep. there's no easy wins in the NFL. Sometimes there's easy wins. I'm just going to say, Chiefs over the Raiders. Do yep. we have to go into this one? Chiefs. And then, the to me, personally, the most interesting game, um, my Minnesota Vikings going on the road into Foxborough mm-hmm. to play the New England Patriots. Mark, is there any chance that uh, my Vikings get a win, or should I just chalk this one up as a loss? I think you chalk this one up as a loss. <laughs> uh, I hate to say it to you. But you know what? The Bears showed you that a good defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a- The Patriots are beatable. They are. They're not invincible. No. It's just can we win? If you keep Tom Brady off the field, mm-hmm. you can win. And I mean, with our wide, with our wide receivers have to go off. We've got mm-hmm. to score touchdowns. Kirk Cousins needs to get it get it in the end zone. Yep, this and is that's one how of those because our defense mm-hmm. can slow down that offense. I think this is one of those important ones. I think for Kirk Cousins as well is Kirk Cousins has this reputation game. of the guy who's good against bad teams. Mm-hmm. He's not good against good teams, mm-hmm. and he's kind of you know there was a stat that I saw which I don't remember of like he, I think he's like 
two zero and one against Aaron Rodgers. Um, so it's like, hey, that's what he needs. He needs to get the better of some of these other well-known guys to kind of get some respect under himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of needs this one, but I'm still going to go with the Patriots. Yeah, and I know this is going to piss people off, but I'm a Vikings fan. Go Vikings, picking the Vikes to beat the New England Patriots. Then we've got three games left. The last late afternoon one, the 49ers go into Seattle, and this one is just like Chiefs Raiders to me. Seattle with the win. Yep. I mean, this is one where no facts, no stats, just pick it right how you see it. And then the Sunday night game, the Chargers, the Steelers, playoff implications abound. And the Chargers, I'm going to go at them to get the win. They are playing hot. The Steelers are not. I know it's in Pittsburgh, but I got the Chargers without Melvin Gordon, which could be one where they're like, Ricky, why are you picking them? Um, But I'm going to pick the Steelers to lose to the Chargers on Sunday night football. This is an interesting one. Uh, You know, the Chargers are going to struggle, I think, without Melvin Gordon. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Austin Eckler isn't nothing to... He's not anything to say, oh, he's chump change. Mm -hmm. He can can make some noise in that backfield. Yeah, but I I sit here and I look at this and it's like you got two hot quarterbacks. You should have had two hot running backs. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just... I think a difference a difference maker here is wide receivers. I just like wide receivers in in, uh, in Pittsburgh a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then that home game, I'm going to have to give it to the Steelers. And then the last one, Monday Night Football, a good old NFC East matchup. Can Colt McCoy do it? Can nope. he Can he bring this team back nope. to win a key divisional game, or is this where the Redskins kind of flip with the Eagles? Exactly. I mean, this is we're starting to see the end of this Redskins hope. Uh, you know, the their quarterback who they just paid for um is injured. Is injured. And the big thing with that is it's not just an injury, it's an injury to a guy who'll be thirty five before the next season starts mm-hmm. and might need a chunk at least of next season to get ready to play again. Maybe not, but he mm-hmm. might need a good chunk of that to where I don't know that he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Alex Smith might just be done. He's not young anymore. This injury will affect him a lot more than mm-hmm. it would affect him when he was 24 years old. Um, there's something new that needs to happen in Washington. I think we see a flip. Philadelphia's playing well, actually. They are playing well. They just can't quite get that old magic that they had last year. Um, so Carson Wentz is going to do everything he can to try and get this team into the playoffs. And last week on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. the Redskins didn't play bad. Um, the Eagles, though, almost losing to the Giants. Yeah, that was kind of bad. Um, I'm going to go with the Redskins on this one. And the reason why is I liked, and I, I'm doing this basically off of last week, I liked more of what I saw from the Redskins against the Cowboys than what I saw the Eagles against the Giants. And because of that alone, I think Colt McCoy and this team are going to do enough. They will stay a little bit with the cow- with the Cowboys. And if the Cowboys lose to the Saints... This could be one where not the Redskins and Eagles flip, but the Cowboys and Redskins then flip. And then we see if will this be a three or two dog race as we go down through the rest of the season. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think about any game this week. What are you hyped for? What are you not hyped for? What games do you like, don't like? 
Let us know what you think in that comment section. Housekeeping here at the end. Make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valid podcast. We cannot do what we do each and every day, each and every week without the help of our patrons. Thank you to all of you for your support. You can also support us by buying an MVP t-shirt. That store is down below in the description. You can also get it at mostvalidpodcast.com where you can catch MVP each and every day. And then last but not least, make sure to go on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and give the Onside Kick and all the other MVP podcasts a rate and review. Hope you rated a five-star. Hope you let us know why you like listening to the podcast each and every week. It means the world to us. I want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.